police in the morning. Welcome, B-Movie fans, to another episode of Director Showcase. This week, we will be reviewing The Unknown from 1927 as we continue Todd Browning Month. I'm B-Movie Paul. And I'm Phantom Dark Dave. So, Dave, what did you think of The Unknown? I know it stars your favorite actor, so I'm sure you have a lot to talk about with this one. (laughs) Yeah, so The Unknown from 1927 holds a special place in my heart. It... It's close to a flawless film for me. Um, I I've seen it multiple times, and knowing we were going to review it, I was excited to get to watch it again. And I I love this movie. Yeah, this was a really good film. I wasn't. I looked up nothing about it before watching it again, and man, I was I was really impressed. The plot was really unique and interesting. The acting, despite the fact that there was no actual talking as it's a silent film was very good um the characters were all really interesting i was very impressed with it yeah i think that todd browning's skills really shine in this movie you know this is pre-dracula time it's um when you watch it it's got freaks written all over it right but um some of the things i love about this movie is uh, you know lon chaney the guy can play any kind of role he's I think he's the greatest actor ever. I, I don't think many people would argue that he's one of the best, um, but having him in your star star role, and I think the camera work is fantastic, and the music is perfect. Like There's this carny, weird little sound the whole time. It almost sounds like some of the It theme, in a way, if you can actually you know, remember that one. And um, man, Lon Chaney, he, he just sells it. You, you really, I mean, come on, Alonzo the Armless, how cool was that? It's so weird seeing him, like, with a normal face, because the last film I watched with him in it was The Phantom of the Opera, and he's, obviously he's got the makeup and everything, looking as monstrous as um, the Phantom does, and, like, oh, that's what he looks like? It was really weird. Like, I know I've seen him in other things, like, without the makeup, but it was just very strange. Like, he's he's got, like, a very distinguished face. Yeah, definitely, and he, he, um... One of his catch things is rarely does he play just a normal guy in a movie. He's always, you know, disfiguring himself to make himself into a character in a movie rather than just, you know, an actor. And, you know, in this movie, he plays Alonzo the Armless where he has no arms and he's a knife thrower. He throws with his feet. But in actuality, he keeps his arms pinned down with like this harness and he fools everybody because. He's a bloody thief. <laughs> yeah, it turns out he was actually trying to like rob the um, the circus and everything, and this was a um, an act he had, and which is really interesting. And well, what I thought was really cool was the fact that in the beginning it seems like he's the good guy, like he's um, he's with the um, the one woman, the um, owner of the circus's um, daughter, and he's like comforting her because she's got this. Um, she kind of she's afraid of men's hands like she's got some kind of trauma with that and he seems like the nice guy he's like kind of comforting her and like you know just being an overall good friend and you see the um the strong man who kind of comes off as a jerk like being like very um touchy toward her and you realize as it goes on that it's actually completely different that he was the one he was the reason why that why she was uh 
why he, the strong man kept touching her because he kept saying, "Oh, you know, he she likes it when you do that and everything." And it turns out like the roles were completely reversed. And I'm like, "Wow, I did not see that coming at all." Like I thought I had the movie pegged like when it started, but man, that really threw me for a loop. Yeah, he does a good job of, of really winning. Uh, her name is Nanan, I believe. Nanan's Hart, who's played by Joan Crawford, which is freaking awesome. You, if you didn't know, you couldn't tell that was Joan Crawford, but she actually said that she learned how to act from Lon Chaney, which is huge because she's such a good actress. But um, something I really like, too, is the guy that um, was a Malabar, I think was a strong man's name, is Malabar. It was played by Norman Carey, who also was in Phantom of the Opera with Lon Chaney so seeing them two guys mesh together again was really cool but um, what'd you think of the little sidekick I think his name was Kojo he was he was interesting to say the least he was just kind of like followed around like he I couldn't tell if he and Alonzo were friends or not because they're, they're they definitely like work together but they're not really friends like he um it yeah. seemed like Kojo, he had a moral conscience because he would tell him, yeah, it's really not a good idea. We shouldn't be doing this or, or whatnot. Like, you know, we want to rob people. I'll keep a lookout. But then, you know, he's sitting there, you know, making these other decisions. And he's like, I, I don't think you should do that. You know, he's definitely the more sane of the two. Like um, one of the big things that happens is when the the head of the circus finds out that Alonzo was actually faking not having arms. Alonzo strangles him, and his um, his daughter sees only his hands. He's got a, a second thumb on, I think, his right hand. And Kojo says to him that, you know, she's going to know it's you when she sees your hand. And so he Alonzo has his arm surgically removed, which was batshit crazy, because he thought that she would fall in love with him. And Kojo the whole time is like, this is getting a little too weird for me. Like, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm cool with robbing people. I want to make some money. But, like, this guy's, this guy's fucking nuts. He murdered somebody, then he got his arms cut off. Like, so you definitely see, like, how, like, nuts he is, like, through, the, through Kojo's eyes. It's just like, he's basically the audience seeing, like, whoa, he's really doing that. Yeah, his character really comes to life in this movie. You know, like you said, you, you think he's the good guy. And then, you know, as the movie progresses on and his heart's kind of getting twisted and stomped on a little bit, he takes the extreme measurements to try to win her heart. And the the real gut punch to this movie is that Nanan, she develops some sort of security with the strong man's hands where she's now okay with his touch and she wants to marry him. So Alonzo coming back from his surgery, he thinks he's got this thing, you know, cat in the bag only to find out that it was all for no reason. Yeah. Imagine that, like disfiguring yourself for somebody who ends up with somebody else. Like, so a smart move on his part. You know, the, the, the crazy part is that's, that's really when Lon Chaney's character, kind of goes off the deep end because he's like well if I can't have her no one can have her and so Alonzo has this new trick that he's going to do where he's a strong man you know he could do anything so he ties himself 
at the wrists between two horses who are running on these they look like treadmills. They're like little tracks. And so he's like, I'm strong. I can hold back as however fast these horses can run. And he's like, you know, if I mess up, you know, I'll be pulled into two because I can't just take them off my wrist. And Lon Chaney's character is like, oh, really? We pulled into two. Okay. <laughs> so he's going to set up for a Lon. Or, oh, dude, that's like some 2001 Maniac stuff. But, yeah, he, he, he basically goes to rig the system to make the horses run so fast that they pull him apart which is freaking that that would be the most graphic thing that would happen oh yeah and then it like um ends up backfiring and um alonzo gets killed by the horse yeah i mean you think about some of the earlier todd browning films like his endings are so sad and then just last week you know we we did a review on Devil Doll, and the ending was so happy. So I guess, you know, as we're reviewing these movies, we notice so far the later Todd Browning movies are happy. The earlier, not so much. Well, I think with at least most of his films that I've seen, like, it'll end happy for somebody, but it'll end tragically from, for someone else. Like, it ended really bad for, badly for Alonzo getting killed by the horse, but he it ended um, well for... Um, Net, um, Nanan and um, the the strong man because they got married in the end. So I I guess it's like you kind of see a tragedy and a um. I, I mean I don't know how much of a tragedy it is because I mean he was the antagonist of the film ultimately. So I mean he was nuts but he was still a murderer and kind of a psychopath. So and a thief. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard <laughs> to sympathize with them after a while. Yeah, but man, this movie's like I think around sixty-six minutes or something like that. It's not too terribly long, but unlike Dracula, <laughs> there's no boring parts in this movie. I mean, you're interested in the entire thing. Oh yeah, this one was just yeah. Every every minute of it was um, there's something new going on. So it was definitely compelling. The plot was great. The acting was phenomenal, and that's despite the fact that it was a silent film. And just, like I said, the music was great. The environment was really fun. And, yeah, really, this is a great film all around. All right. Anything else or any uh, any nitpicking situations you came up with? Um, as far as nitpicking, um, I did think it was a little weird that like, he kept his arms under his shirt and no one noticed I just feel like that wouldn't work out in real life. Like, I know that's a huge nitpick, and I'm not even, I'm not even gonna detract a point for that. But like, in all reality, like, I feel like you wouldn't be able to get by that. You just, it would look too weird. How cool though that he sits there and he lights a cigarette and smokes with his feet, and he throws daggers with his feet. I mean, that was that's awesome. amazing. And, you know, somebody out there probably can do that. But, wow, I mean, for a 1927 film, you know, you got a an armless knife thrower who's trying to win the heart of the circuit's manager's daughter. And she's terrified of a man's grasp, and she falls in love with the strong man. I mean, it's like the ultimate drama. Yeah, pretty much. It was... Um yeah, there was so much to this film. It was such a unique plot. Like, I I don't think I've ever seen a film quite like this. It's just everything kind of worked together. There were so many surprises, and yeah, that was pretty cool. Like the, all the stuff he like did with his feet and everything. It was um, it was entertaining to say the least. 
I know that he had to wear what he had to wear to hide the huge harness, but I couldn't help but notice that, uh, one, he, he, he looked awesome. He had the coolest outfit, but man, I think Clint Eastwood stole from his outfit because he had the hat and then the huge drape over it. I was like, man, it looks like Clint Eastwood from the Unforgiven in a way. Between Clint Eastwood and like a pirate or something like that. Like, right, but nope, he was just a gypsy. Yep. It all worked out. He pulled off that look really well. Oh, yeah. Alright, so if you had to rate this film, what would you give it? Oof. I'm gonna go with nine. I'm actually gonna go with nine as well. I had really no major problems with this one. I mean, if you can get past the, um,. His arms being under his under his shirt thing, which is kind of weird. Um, it was it was very good. I mean, there was yeah, basically there. I really didn't have any problems with it. Yeah, it wasn't too long to outstay its welcome. It didn't venture into any side stories. It kept you in the loop. It kept you interested. There is a, a circuit manager who looks like Danny DeVito. <laughs> I don't know if you got that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, a star actor surrounded by an outstanding um, cast, you know, um, supporting actor and actresses, a phenomenal story. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big guy for silent films anyway, but, you know, for anybody out there who can relate, this is one of the better silent films. And once it, it really sucks you in to the point where you kind of forget it's a silent film. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if that happened with you, but the title cards just felt natural, and I could hear voices. <laughs> I'm crazy. I can hear voices, but, um, yeah, I just, this movie deserves a nine only because it's not a certain other movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it a nine out of ten only because I, I mean, it was a really good plot, but, and it was very unique, but, I mean... It, the plot didn't blow me away. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was well done, but it wasn't the most amazing thing ever. But, you know, I think a 9 out of 10 is a perfect score for it. Well, we actually agree on this one. Yep, no nitpicking for today. Like, I mean, slight nitpicking, but that didn't really affect the score at all. So, all right, 9 out of 10 for both of us. So next week, we will be continuing Todd Browning Month with the 1927 film London After Midnight. So that will be that'll be an interesting one, to say the least. You got that on Blu-ray? <laughs> For those who don't know, London After Midnight is a lost silent film. Um, so we are going to check out some restorations that were made from photographs along with um, new orchestra score. Um, basically, they took what they had and made it into what would have been this movie that I've seen it. I think it would have been amazing. But uh, as we go towards reviewing it, I may be looking at it from a different angle, so we'll see. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have to um, kind of use our imaginations for that one a little bit and We'll be reviewing that movie to the best of our abilities with what we have going on. So let's see how that one goes. So London After Midnight for next week. Till next time, be movie fans, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next